0: today's episode of Titus and Tate, we are talking about the trouble in paradise, Tate. <laughs> Coming out of Chapel Hill, there is, a, there is a rift in the family, in the Carolina family. Ty Lawson on Instagram today is throwing shots at Roy Williams. And uh, you're going to have to defend the Carolina culture. The Duke fans, for how much, for how much time we spend ripping on the brotherhood, uh, the Duke mm-hmm. fans are licking their lips saying, at long last, there's a there's a rift in the Carolina. It's Carolina family, right? That's your little hashtag?
1: We call it family business. And family okay. business is not supposed to be shared uh, amongst people <laughs> that are not in the family. And unfortunately, uh, Ty Lawson was uh, he was awarded uh, the best point guard at Carolina, and he responded with this, I'm upset, <laughs> I don't know what to do. His uh, acceptance speech was, <laughs> I don't want
0: it. everybody kiss ultimate, my ass. The, the ultimate
1: <laughs> mic drop is to say, uh, I don't want your recognition. Thank
0: you. <laughs> All right, we're gonna we're gonna talk about that a little bit and have Tate uh, give us his thoughts as a Carolina guy. Obviously, uh, we are also having Doug Gottlieb on the program today uh, co- uh, because Eddie Sutton passed away over the weekend. And Eddie Sutton, to me, and you can you can correct me if if you disagree, Tate. Um, but like to guys our age, he just kind of like we caught him at the tail end of his career. I remember the 0-4, yeah. Final Four, um, but even in 0-4, there was. I'll be honest with you, I kind of thought that was his first Final Four of his career, just the way everybody in 04 was so excited to see Eddie Sutton at the Final Four. And it just had this, this, this feeling of like, this is his last ride. It's good to see the coach finally do it in his last. And then you go back and you look, and he's like, no, he made two Final Fours before that. But the point is, um, I remember in 04, he was just kind of like the old guy on the sidelines that everyone was rooting for because he was old. And then after he retired, he became the guy who's not in the Hall of Fame. And that's pretty much like what his legacy was to me. So um, rather than have Tate and I kind of talk about Eddie Sutton and, and what he meant to college basketball, we figured why not have Doug Gottlieb on who knows Coach Sutton better than anyone else, right?
1: And all, and all you have to do is uh, for Doug Gottlieb is just throw the alley, and he will yeah you yeah. go and go and go, and we appreciate that, and we got lots of great stories, so it was a
0: fun He's time. the best. Doug, Doug loves his stories, and uh, we love having them, so we are going to do that. We are also the return, Tate, of NASCAR driver... WWE wrestler or college basketball coach? Uh, I was watching the Coca Cola Six Hundred last night, um, and it got me all excited. And I thought we have to we have to bring this back because it's such a fun game. And it, and, and I realized how few NASCAR drivers I, I recognize because it's been a while
2: since I've watched NASCAR. So um,
0: we're gonna we're gonna do that. We're gonna have some fun at the end of the show. Might even get a, get into a little dirty laundry. We got a couple stories yes. maybe we can get to. Uh, we'll do all of it. But first, what are you doing?
2: He takes the timer.
0: All right. It is Memorial Day. We're recording this on a holiday. The two hardest working men in show business is what they call us, Tate. And it's it's days like today that prove why. Um, I want to first start here. Did you watch the match yesterday? uh, Yes.
1: Yes. This uh, uh, is the the, the match between the the golf match between two quarterbacks uh, and two golfers where Mm -hmm. they were all mic'd up. Uh, I was not watching this live, right? I was on Twitter, though. I was scrolling around. And all I see is the memes, people making fun of Tom Brady. They're like, Tom Brady, he's so bad at golf. And it got to the point where I'm like, I need to watch Tom Brady lose because why not? Let's watch Tom Brady lose. That's always fun. I never see that. I turn on the match. It's Tom Brady. He's about to hit a shot. And I see him do a practice swing. I was like, oh, this guy looks like he'd be all right. He holds it. Then he starts mm-hmm. talking junk to Charles Barkley. It was like it was the opposite of everything I had seen on Twitter, which right. just confirmed that Twitter's a lie. I turned it off. I didn't see anything else. <laughs> and I think that I'm the reason that Tom Brady is a winner. Every time That's walked, all you I saw?
0: You turned it on and saw had, Tom Brady hole out. That and was then I was
1: out. And then all of Twitter was just Tom Brady holeing out. So the rest of my Twitter experience for really, the next 20 minutes is watching the
0: same. That's so good. Tom Tom Brady was horrible uh in the, in the front nine, and it was it was funny. But when he holed out, I realized. How good, like, because didn't he say he was an eight handicap? That was the talk. like, that was what everyone seemed to be throwing out, Does that Tom Brady claimed to be an eight handicap. And if you're watching him on the front nine, you're like, there's no way this guy's an eight handicap. <laughs> and then he holds out, and that shot... Was a great shot. Made me believe he's an yep. eight handicap. Not because he made it, Tate, but the way he reacted. Because if you're as bad as Tom Brady was playing, which is like, like, Tom Brady was playing about as bad as I am. Like, if it, I, I, that, that was part of the appeal of seeing him out there was like... Hey, I could do that. It was it was great. It was like it was like he was like the walk on, on the on the college basketball team, right? You're like, hey, that that could be me if a couple yeah. things broke differently in my life. Um, so I'm watching Tom Brady. And I'm like, yeah, I'm about as good as this guy. And then he holds he, he he holds out that that shot, and I said, if I made that, I would I would just lose my mind. I would throw my club. I would be running around. I would be asking everybody if they saw it. And he just kind of smiles and raises his eyebrows. And I was like, all right, so the guy might be actually kind of good at golf because. Mm-hmm. He was, he was acting like he'd been there before. That's my point. And that was, tells me that he's he actually might be okay.
1: Yeah, and it also is one of those weird things where it, it seemed like he had set this whole thing up. He was sandbagging. And, and Tom yeah. Brady is a sandbagger. If you learn anything from the Super Bowl against the Falcons, right. he is a sandbagger. He likes to be down and then come back heroically and act like uh, it was all his plan.
0: Uh, it was, it was fantastic. I, I enjoyed every second of it. Although I liked the front nine a lot better than the back nine, the back nine, they kind of, they kind of started losing a little steam. It started to get dark. The rain came back and, and, um, and I think Tiger and Peyton like, were so, were up so much that it, it I don't know. It was kind of, it, it was, it, it was kind of <laughs> close at the end, but, um, I, I definitely enjoyed the front nine more, but, uh, again, man. I did
1: not watch anything else. I turned it off.
0: Man, it makes me miss sports though. I, I watched that and then the Coca-Cola 600 one on Fox which uh we're going to we're going to talk
2: about that a little bit later. But um
0: yeah, I don't know, man. I miss the Indy 500 so much. I just sat there on
2: yesterday and just watched sports and it felt good to have a little bit of normalcy back in my life even though uh
0: Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Phil
2: Mickelson and Tiger Woods playing golf isn't exactly normal. But
0: whatever.
1: Um what's the next matchup for that that's what everyone's asking i know like, who, yeah who are they going to put in to this whole little format with my
0: the- my suggestion is every everyone wants jordan just because of the last dance one but also jordan obviously plays a ton of golf and it makes sense because it's like it seems to be uh just absolute legends that are playing with these guys right so jordan makes sense i think uh gretzky makes a lot of sense with jordan right doesn't gretzky golf surely gretzky, golf yeah, yeah of course pretty, he has good, right
1: yeah he has to he's yeah. also uh, it's funny how Gretzky's gotten lost in the in the greatest of all time conversation. As time has passed on, it seems like people, have, yeah, uh, you know, they've just left Gretzky off the list when they mention people. Now they're like right. Tiger Woods, Serena Williams, Michael Jordan. You know, it's well, like, let's freshen- wait Gretzky. <laughs> should we?
0: Should we freshen up the debate? Should we like the the Jordan Lebron thing is tired and played out. Should yes. we? Should we freshen is, it up? Is Gretzky got- the sports
1: goat? He's the, yeah, he's the, like yeah. out of the top four sports. He's the sports goat. Who you got?
0: Uh, Jordan or Gretzky? Who you got? yeah. For the next for the next seven weeks, we are going to spend an hour each show debating Jordan mm-hmm. or Gretzky. Um, no, I think that would be awesome, right? Uh, you'd uh, you'd have. Jordan and Phil and, and Gretzky and Tiger, or do you flip it? Do you just do do you just do the the two white guys versus the two black guys, or is that too much? That's that's probably too much, right? You got you got to put Gretzky and Tiger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, I think that that might be too much. <laughs> this I, country's I, too yeah.
0: divided already. We don't want Jordan and Tiger on one team and Gretzky and Phil. On the other.
1: But it would yeah. also be great. I did feel like the teams were off. I just feel like Tom Brady and Tiger should have been on the same team for whatever reason. They just have because
0: uh, like, they're both I, robots and they're yeah, both exactly yeah like yeah. They're,
1: they're like perfect for each other. I was like yeah. I don't understand the, how how they pair these things up. Um, uh, for me, I saw people say they want Jordan and Steph Curry. I want Jordan and Isaiah Thomas. I want the two of them to yeah, yeah, right. play each other, <laughs> and it just Dude, becomes like an argument. Yeah,
0: my fun. my my billion dollar idea, and I'm putting this out into the ether. So if it ever happens, um, it's it's everyone just You're remember it. this is my yes. idea. You're welcome, yes. but yes. I, I expect like some sort of acknowledgement that 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 I, I had this. Uh, so the day before the Espies, right? Like that is they play the, when is the MLB all-star game? Usually it's like on a Sunday, right? It's
1: like, I remember that. It's like in July, right? Yeah,
0: Yeah, it's in July. But then the, the, the SBs happen. And the reason they happen like right after the all-star, the, the MLB all-star game is because it's like the one little few stretch of few days where all four major sports leagues aren't playing. And it's like Mm -hmm. the one time you can get all these guys together to give them awards and show the Jimmy V speech a thousand times. Um, so my idea is the day before the SBs, when everyone comes to LA for the SBs, do a golf event with foursomes, play like, play a scramble, play a best, whatever it is. Um, And in the foursome is one guy from each of the major four leagues. Dave. You have a, you have a hockey guy, a baseball guy, a football guy, and a basketball guy on each team. And there's like four or five teams. And we and, just film it. And we put it on TV yeah. and, and it's great. And then, and then they play for, for money and yeah, and that's it. And then, and then, like the option to donate to charity, but then, like Jordan is one of the basketball players, and, and he wins, and he decides he's not donating his charity; to
1: keep all the money. <laughs> Yeah, he says, "Thank you so much. I appreciate that. I'll keep that." Uh, yeah, I like that. Let's watch it. That's uh, a good that's, idea, right? Yeah, the SB Golf
0: event. That would be fantastic. Put it, put it. Uh, yeah. Fox. I'm
1: sure they're just doing that casually now, but they should just do that. Like, just yeah, for TV. That's what we learned from this. I love hearing just shit talking on television again. I like to hear Charles Barkley just and, so being able to pop off. And
0: I think it's important. Tom Brady sucking is important because I think we need more guys sucking at golf on TV. There's not that doesn't yeah. happen enough. Golf is like the one sport where you only see because even the guys like you know obviously tour pros have bad days, but eventually when they start playing poorly the camera stop following them and they go to the guys that are playing well. So like, if you're a consumer of golf, you only ever consume the guys that are playing out of their mind and it messes it up. It messes up your head. It it gives you an unfair Mm. standard.
1: People go to the golf course and they get very, they break clubs, they throw clubs and it's a, yeah. 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 So so we need, (laughs) we need
0: need more footage (laughs) of great athletes sucking at golf just for our own confidence to be like, Oh, I don't have to beat myself up that I shot an 84 today. When, when I went out, you know, like it's not, it's not that bad. It's a good round, maybe. I don't know. Um, anyway, I, I really enjoyed the match. Uh, let's talk about the the news of the day in college basketball. Phase. This is something
1: I did not enjoy. Uh, this is, is, yeah. yeah, yeah. This is the opposite of what you enjoy with the match. This is a a, a version of the match, which is basically Ty Lawson versus Roy Williams, and uh, it's a battle royale. And it explain also- what's
0: going on because I I'm I'm just I get out of the shower this morning. I get a text from a uh, friend of the program, Sam Vicini. He says. I just want to make sure you see this, so you can haze Tate with it. Mm-hmm. And it was a link to a tweet that uh, someone had the screenshots of Ty Lawson's Instagram post. What do you call it? The stories on Instagram is that what it is? Yeah. Um, and in his stories, I'll I'll read word for word so people have context because yes. not everyone's clued into social media uh, as as much as you and I are here. So Ty Lawson, he 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 posts. Who talks shit about someone who won them a championship? You're weird. I got messages from 10 NBA GMs that said it came out your mouth. That's why I don't fuck with Carolina or support anything y'all do. And then you go to the next little story tab and it says, it's a blessing that I don't open my mouth about shit. They asked me why I don't show love to North Carolina. Roy Williams knows why. So that's the context. He he puts this up. You're saying this is not um, out of nowhere because it felt to me like it was out of nowhere. It felt like it was just like Memorial Day. Everyone's like, Thoughts and prayers for the troops. And, and Ty Lawson's like, fuck the troops. I, gotta talk about
1: we're <laughs> I got a message. I got a message to the haters today. And Ty Lawson's message is basically like you said, uh, one that is not Carolina friendly. And it all started because North Carolina, we're, we're no sports, right? We understand this. And North Carolina basketball Twitter says, we want to find out who the best point guard is <laughs> in North Carolina basketball history. So they have votes. People were arguing it out. And it comes down to the final which is very Twitter. It's the 2009 national champion versus the 2017 national champion, Joel Berry versus Ty Lawson. Mm -hmm. Ty Lawson wins. Ty Lawson is alerted by the the fans that voted for him that, hey, Ty, you're our favorite North Carolina point guard. Congratulations. Ty Lawson says, thanks, but no thanks. (laughs) I'm going to wipe my ass with that declaration because here's what I think about North Carolina. Now, now, you get into the context. So I see this, and I immediately – you tweeted it. Like the first time I saw it, you tweeted at me, and you were like, mm-hmm. care, to, care to comment? And I'm immediately like, absolutely not. But I, knew he, <laughs> but I knew that he won the poll. So I'm like, put the poll up. Make sure that he at least sees yet again. We want to reinforce that he is our favorite point guard from the fans. Nothing to do with the coach. Mm-hmm. All right. So reach out to some people that may know Ty. Reach out to Ty personally. Ty, no comment. No, no answer, no comment. Wow, either, either Ty, way so no comment. That's a no nice, comment. that's a nice
0: journalism trick. Is text the guy two minutes before you go on air, and when he no doesn't get you back, you say, "Wow, wow. He couldn't be reached for comment." Go ahead.
1: <laughs> I, I don't know what's going on. I uh, reached out to some former teammates, some national champions, uh, a man that wore a headband with him at one time. Obviously, I mentioned to you, Ty Lawson, at one point in Madison Square Garden to Will bonnet I was at that game. He wore a headband against Gonzaga. Josh Heifel. Killed Tyler Hansbrough And Gonzaga won that game. Jeremy Pargo had a great game. Ty Lawson and Deion Thompson were told by Roy Williams they would not be wearing headbands anymore. This is their freshman year in 2007. Um, that did not, obviously, roll with Ty. Um, you know, but they kept playing. They kept winning. 2009, they won a national championship. Ty Lawson, in my opinion, is the best player. Maybe Wayne Ellington, you could argue. Those are the two best players on the floor. But then there's the 2009 draft. Ty uh-huh. Lawson declares for that draft. After spending three years at North Carolina, and Blake Griffin goes number one, that's fair. James Harden goes number three, that's fair. Tyreek Evans goes number four, sure, that's fair. Then number five, Minnesota has a pick for their mm-hmm. point guard of the future. And there was a lot of rumors and rumblings that Minnesota loved a guy by the name of Taiwan Lawson out of the DMV area. And Taiwan Lawson was the best player, best point guard in the tournament that year. And apparently there were some reasons for Minnesota to hesitate on picking Ty Lawson. So they go with Ricky Rubio, the, the mm-hmm. Spanish sensation. And then... At number six, they had another pick. They had another pick, and they say, "You know what? We're not going to go with that guy, Tywin Lawson, because maybe We're we haven't heard some great. We're going to take no no no, 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 no. No, They didn't do that. The, the, the B version of Ty Lawson, Johnny Flynn, out of Syracuse, who <laughs> also Flynn,
0: he is basically Ty Lawson, just
1: worse. But he but he got to wear a headband, so I guess yeah. they like they're like this guy's <laughs> a little bit of a personality, so we'll take him number six. Ty Lawson is sitting at home right now. He's like, I'm better than Johnny Flynn. I don't know who Ricky Rubio is." all right, number seven, Warriors. I'm going to be the future Warriors point guard. I'm going to play, you know, and mm-hmm. it's going to be great. and It's going to all set up. No, goes to Stephen Curry. He's like even more upset. And the list keeps going on. Number 10, Brandon Jennings. Didn't even play college basketball. Goes to the Milwaukee Bucks. He continues to fall. Number 12, Gerald Henderson, a guy that elbowed his teammate in the face <laughs> and made him bleed. Goes number 12. We're not even talking about character. His teammate, Tyler Hansbrough, who can't shoot a three to save his life in, mm-hmm. in, a, in a developing, changing NBA? Goes number 13 to the Pacers. Ty mm-hmm. Lawson probably understands that. When he's like, it's yeah, like, yeah,
0: that had to make sense. The, yeah, he's right, like, that makes is...
1: sense. All right, yeah. number 15, we got Austin Day. James Johnson for Wake Forest goes above him. Number 17, Philadelphia. He's like, I'm going to be the future of Philadelphia. How am I falling out of the lottery? What is going <laughs> on? What are people saying about me? Drew Holiday goes <laughs> number 17 over Ty Lawson. Again, he's the best point guard in the game. He doesn't understand what is going on. Finally, number 18, the Timberwolves, who loved him so much, come back on the court. They've already made three picks. They've already picked every guard in the draft so far.
2: <laughs>
1: They're like, we'll take Taiwan Lawson now. They trade him to Denver. Mm-hmm. The rest is history. Apparently, Ty Taiwan Lawson was alerted to why he fell. It was apparently because some things had been said by his former coach, Roy Williams. This is all speculation. This is what Ty obviously thinks, basically, stories. He's deleted the stories. But let me just tell you, if I'm Ty Lawson, and I saw all these people get picked above me. I'd be
0: upset. So that that's the context. I, I, I was context. curious because I, this again, this felt like it came out of nowhere, but even, even you saying that this was a result of the, uh, the, the fan poll or whatever. I, I mean, I, so I get why, why he spoke out, but I still like his, his feelings about North Carolina seem to come from nowhere. Has he shown this before? Has, has he like hinted at this? Cause I, 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 mean, obviously you pay more attention to, to North Carolina than I do. Um, I guess in retrospect, I don't remember Ty Lawson coming back like Hansborough does, where they'll show Hansborough in the crowd all the time. And, um, or Jordan giving a speech, this, the,
2: the, the ceiling is the roof or
0: any of that. Like Ty Lawson, I guess, now that I think about it, doesn't have a huge presence within the program as as an alum. But I just would have assumed, I don't know. I, knew, I know how much you love him. I know how much the fans love him. Um, and I just would he won a national title. Was he most outstanding player on that team? It, or
1: was, the, it was Wayne Ellington.
0: Ellington won I mean, most outstanding player. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, I just, I just would have assumed that, like, you know, like if maybe he's not like, it's not like he loves Carolina and wants to go out of his way to to come to a game every year or anything like that. But like at the very least, he would be like, yeah, you know, I had a good time my four my three years at Carolina, and uh, I have no ill will. So for him to for him to say this, I was I was kind of surprised. I was like shocked that it felt like it came out of nowhere. But you're saying it's not, or, or has he hinted at this? Is this something that we've known and and I just didn't know about it?
1: It's like a, there's like a dark web of North Carolina players that were great at North Carolina, but they're not necessarily, like you said, put to the forefront. Like Marcus Page is going, even though he did win a championship, you're going to see Marcus Page everywhere. When you go to North Carolina, you're going to see Joel Berry who did, Mm -hmm. but you're not going to necessarily see a Ty Lawson, or you might not see a Joseph Forte who went to a final four. You might not see Rashad McCants who won a national championship. Well, that one makes sense. That one makes (laughs) sense. That one, that one, that one makes sense. But what we're saying is like, you know, there, there's a, uh, you know, there's certain players that are going to be right at the, the faces of the program. I think from that twenty, the two thousand nine team, Danny Green, who I was basically in my mind the fifth guy on that team, has now become more of the. When we talk two thousand nine, let's bring Hansborough and Danny back. You know, Mm -hmm. maybe Wayne sometimes, uh, but it's never really tie. So silence says something, but I didn't know this the silence was uh was that rooted in uh Looks in like Denver. the silence is over.
0: It looks like uh
1: <laughs> But but let's be honest, if you if you go from Carolina, you check all the boxes, you win a national championship, and then that happens to you in the draft, then you go to Denver, you play yeah. for a Carolina coach in George Carl, who's a hard ass, mm. and he's on you all the time. Like the establishment is North Carolina basketball, and you're in China right now in quarantine and you're on Instagram. I'd be a little upset. <laughs> I mean,
0: be a little upset. Well, is this just a case of quarantine brain? Maybe, maybe that's what it is. Yes. Maybe, maybe Ty yes. will come out in a month or two, or maybe my tomorrow, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> just bad. be like, my bad, huh? Or just yeah. deny it. Just deny it, Ty. Like if yeah. someone asks you about this, it, be like, huh? I didn't. I didn't do that. No. I, what What are you talking about? It wasn't um, me. Yeah, quarantine brain would be a good way to. Uh, uh, uh,
1: Let's just start doing that with everything. It. You know yeah. what I mean. When we when uh, I went on that Virginia podcast and I said we picked him to win in twenty eighteen like that was quarantine brain it was just pre quarantine I was just ahead of the curve yeah I was I was in a daze Sorry, Your man. Honor I can't be held accountable <laughs> uh,
0: the quarantine it's taking its toll on it's, on my brain and um, my bad <laughs> no uh so so what do you make of this Tate is this is this is this significant is this uh, I guess you turn to recruiting you say one of the best players that has ever played for Roy Williams at North Carolina is is calling him out like this should we be worried if you're if you're recruiting against roy williams you say you don't want to play for this guy look at look at how the legends that play for roy think of them or, or is this just a blip is this a blip or a bomb take to put in coach k terms
1: this is a blip and i think there's going to be uh, uh some reconciliation maybe from roy i think roy probably will re- if i know coach williams coach williams will probably try to reach out to Ty in some capacity and say mm-hmm. hey i know that george carl told you that i said all that about you to get you to work harder but it wasn't. Yeah. Me. <laughs> Just say uh, that yeah. plausible. All, to right. Add. All
0: right, so we don't have to worry about it, but we will be monitoring the situation. See how Ty Lawson handles. Uh, Ty, if you're listening, come on the show. Come on um, the show, Ty. Come on the show to Right, right now, tilt.
1: the the official answer is no comment. No comment. Who just who that?
0: Yes. Could not be reached for comment, or or, or, did, or did not respond to our request. How, was, how deli-
1: st- was delivered.
0: What's the yeah? What's the way you say it that makes it sound especially damning when you're like writing in a hit piece on someone and you reach out to them and they is it did not res- or or decline to comment. Decline comment.
2: comment. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Ty Lawson declined to comment. De-
1: decline Sad. comment basically says like. I did it. I yeah, joking. it says like, yeah.
0: <laughs> that's the way you phrase it is, uh, yeah, we reached out. He declined. Never mind that we texted him five minutes before he came on air. That's yeah, all that yeah. matters is he declined to comment. And that's pretty good. He didn't handy. even know
1: that. He didn't know the story was coming out. Yeah, yeah. He
0: no, he didn't even know it was on his story. Like I said, Ty, you you did not do this. You, you don't Don't even say you're a hack. Just say it literally didn't happen. Say it's Photoshop. Anyone that has a screenshot of it, it's Photoshop. Um, it did not happen. You're all crazy.
1: Yeah. And, and the and only one... The only thing that he has up now is the last one he put up, which is like, I appreciate the love for being the favorite point <laughs> <item>. guard.
0: <laughs> there it is. He's back. Oh man. All right. Uh, well, well, we will monitor that situation. In the meantime, uh, we, we talked to Doug Gottlieb about Eddie Sutton. Um, say what you want about Doug Gottlieb. The man can tell a story. The man knows the game of basketball and uh, he loves, he loves Eddie Sutton. When Eddie Sutton passed away on, on Saturday, there was an outpouring from the, the basketball community. Even even I saw Bill Clinton put something on Twitter because yeah. uh, Sutton was a, a longtime Arkansas coach and Clinton's from Arkansas. and All that. Um, There's an outpouring, but but the most like heartfelt, the most like personal was from Doug Gottlieb. Doug, Doug has been a Sutton guy forever, and uh, Eddie Sutton, as I said at the top, is is just a guy that like I know of. Like I know the trivia bullet points. But I don't know the man. I don't know the person. I don't even know like what his coaching philosophy necessarily was. Uh, so for Tate and I to, to break down his passing and what he meant to college basketball would be disingenuous because we're just two idiots. Um, and we thought we'd bring a third idiot in, an informed idiot, if you will, Doug Gottlieb. So uh, this is it. This is, a, this is our version of a eulogy for, for Coach Sutton uh, from the man who knew him best, Doug Gottlieb. All right, joining us now is a friend of the program and a man who played for Eddie Sutton for three seasons at Oklahoma State from 1997 to 2000. His name is Doug Gottlieb. Uh, he looks very tan. He looks like he's enjoying his Memorial Day. Um, Doug, we wanted you to come on because, uh, obviously, Coach Sutton passed away this weekend. Um, Tate and I are a little too young to appreciate him. We we had you on, uh, obviously, a couple months ago, and you were telling a lot of stories. But uh, we thought rather than having the two of us pretend like we know anything about Coach Sutton, we we should have you just come on and just talk about him talk about how much you love him because that's one thing that stands out to me um in, in his passing was just the the love I saw your Instagram post with you know, all you're saying about him um and I figured what what better way than have the guy who knew him uh, one of the guys who knew him best come on and just kind of talk about his legacy and all that so that's uh, that's what
2: we wanted to do I appreciate that uh well my uh, relationship with him is very different from pretty much anybody else. Um, and then my dad coached with him at Creighton in the sixties. And so I had, and you know, that combined with my job, my passion for college basketball, I know enough about his history. Um, yeah. I mean, like, look, if you're age or younger, you're like, I don't know who this guy is. I don't really get it, you know? Um, but he's unique in that uh, he played for Mr. Iver, Henry Iba, who of course, Coaching Olympic team, won two national titles at, at then Oklahoma A&M. Um, and he was, you know, he's, I think Nolan Richardson played for Mr. Iba as well and ended up, he you know, winning a national championship. But, you know, at the time he was like the first to play for a coach who won one and then go to a final four. Look, he just, he was a guy who was never an assistant coach. He left college, became a head coach at Tulsa Central, kind of built them into a power. Then he went to College of Southern Idaho which has become a junior college power really since he got there. When he got there, he got sold on this campus and it didn't even have a gym yet. There was really no campus yet. Then he left junior college, went to Creighton. They, they got the NCAA tournament, left Creighton, he went to Arkansas. And when he took over to Arkansas, it was a football school. And he, he promised seniors that they did what he, a freshman, if he did what they did, what he said, and they believed in him by their senior year, they get to a final four. Well, sure enough, they get to a final four. Um, So then he leaves and he goes to Kentucky, which Kentucky then is kind of like Kentucky now. Do you feel like it's anybody's dream job? And, you know, he had, he always had kind of clever sayings. And he said, when he got the job, I would crawl from Fayetteville to Lexington. And now, now think about that, like what it says about Fayetteville, you know, it didn't go over well, Kentucky, like the whole thing. Uh, But his first year at Kentucky, they did really well. They went to Elite Eight. And I never forget that there was a, a letter in his office from the governor of Kentucky, and it was dated April after his first year was complete with Kentucky. And all it said was like, "Dear Coach, unpack." <laughs> Signed, the governor of Kentucky. <laughs> right? Like that's how much pressure those. So then they had this like Fab Five recruiting class, and there was um, there was an envelope from there used to be an overnight service called Emory. There was an envelope, there was an Emory envelope, supposedly wasn't sealed up, fell on the floor, like a thousand bucks fell out. It was going to, um, Sean, uh, was it, was it, uh, Chris Mills,
1: right? Chris Mills?
2: And, uh, I don't know if it was Chris Mills or, um, Eric Manuel or Sean, Sean, I think it was for Sean Higgins. It might've been for Chris Mills, but like there was Sean Kemp, like this is all the same recruiting class. They were just loaded. Right. And he, you know, he signed Rex Chapman as well. I mean, this thing was loaded. So. Then, you know, Kentucky's program got under investigation, local papers, uh, Sports Illustrated had Kentucky shame. He had a drinking problem. So he took a year off. He went to Oklahoma State, which is my own mater. And what people forget about Oklahoma State is much like Arkansas. Arkansas won NCAA tournament 25 years, and they all of a sudden made, I think, three out of four, three out of, I don't know what it was, like six out of the first seven years of there or whatever it was. It was crazy. to Oklahoma State. The whole program is a mess. The football program didn't win a game. It was on probation. Like, you name it, everything's bad. And he immediately turns them around, and they go to two Sweet 16s, 95 of Final Four, uh, 2004 of Final Four, went to Elite 8. There's no Sweet 16 in there. And, and became kind of synonymous with uh, college basketball as, as being a power. We were a consistent top 20, top 25 team. Names like Big Country and Bryant, Ree- uh, Bryant Reeves and Byron Houston, and then on to Desmond Mason, who I played with, John Lucas. Um, and then, you know, to Tony Allen as well. And then, you know, in between the final four, my, my senior year and the final four, he had a plane crash where 10 people died. He dealt with that. So there was just a lot of ups and downs. There's the NCAA. There's his own, his drinking problem, which ultimately led to a car crash at Oklahoma State where he retired. Um, there's the plane crash. And there's the, this unbelievable ability to consistently build a winner wherever he was. They won. And obviously with the exception of Kentucky, there's never a whisper of NCAA impropriety. And, you know, even if you look at the Kentucky report, he wasn't mentioned in it. Does that mean he did nothing wrong? Uh, you know, I, I can't tell you I wasn't there. I can only tell you that we didn't get anything. <laughs> we didn't get shit. So, so, like, that's it's a complex story, but he's, he, he's synonymous with tough kids, play hard, compete. Mm-hmm. We took transfers for it was cool. We had guys that people missed. You know, before everybody else had guys, people missed, and we had this little, you know, bandbox arena that was one of the toughest places to play in. And he was the maestro. So that's there's there's a I don't know a three minute clip on Eddie Sutton. Well,
0: what what uh what is it about him? I mean, obviously he's a great coach. We we, we know that. Um, but what is it about him that makes you love him so much? Because today, the, like the timing is pretty funny, given that uh the the, the news that, that Tate and I are talking about today is Ty Lawson, like basically <laughs> getting on Instagram and talking smack about Roy Williams. So really, what are you saying? He basically is just like, this is why I don't mess with Carolina. Uh, I I, he said 10 GMs, um, said he He got messages from 10 GMs about like like people are talking smack talking shit about him and, and, and all he, now or when he came out of Carolina? When, he ca- when he came when he came out, came of out yeah, yeah, yeah 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 he, he, he put it, he put he put some post on Instagram and then he was like Roy knows the deal like it was it was very vague but also not that vague
1: but it all um, started because he won some poll as the best point yeah. Carolina point guard and then he was like here's what I think
2: about Carolina I lost with the best Carolina point guard <laughs> <laughs> my point though, I, I, though I, I mean I thought he was he was tremendous I don't know. My, like, look, it's, it's convoluted, right? Like, Ty had a drinking problem. I think he's clean now. Um, but he had, he had a bad drinking problem. I don't, I don't know if he had it in college and if that's what, you know, Roy Williams told people or they told me, like, hey, heads up here. He's got some issues. Like, but like my I, point, I don't know. What, yeah.
0: My, my point is just because uh, you play for a college coach who's great and who's a legend does not necessarily mean you love your college coach. Uh, that's not necessarily a given. Um, and, and, and he wasn't easy on me either.
2: Mean, yeah. But honest? you
0: seem, you seem to love coach Sutton though. Like you see, yeah. like, yeah. Yeah. We and, don't always
2: like, yeah. you know, I was, I was kind of out of the circle there for a little bit because when he had his car accident, I said, you know, I just don't think he can coach there anymore because he's because he's the, uh, he's the uh, highest paid uh, member of the faculty He was on the way to a, a, a game. And, you know, I, I guess I could have accused myself and said I was too close to it, too emotional, but I chose not to. And so there's a lot of people close to him. that are like, Super, super emotional about it, and didn't want me around the program or to claim Oklahoma State. And you know, when I talked to him after he kind of sobered up, he was like, "I'm not mad at you. Like, you didn't, you didn't fall off the wagon. I did, you know." Mm-hmm. Um, how? Why do I li- like him so? Well, I, hmm, he was cool, man. He was really cool. Like he, I do. I, I think he could have done a better job of coaching me. Like, I'll be honest. Like, he screwed up. I screwed up you know, I wish I would have had the confidence to go in him and say, Hey man, listen, you tell me what you want to do. And you tell me what I, I'll tell you what I want to do. And like, let's find a way to figure it out because I just don't operate well. When I think if I make a mistake, I'm coming over there, you know, and I can't play that way. And that was one of the ways he coached me. He didn't coach everybody. he coached everybody kind of differently based on their personality. And he would, he would get on to me because he knew I could take it. Um, I love him so much. I think I think because I like that he was he he was cool and he tried to relate to yeah. all the kids, you know, the country kids, white kids, the black kids, kids parents of divorce, kids no parents, kids that had two parents like my dad coached with them and I'm sure it was a pain in his ass and yet he still was cool with me. Um, I liked him because he had just enough like what you would call swag today, you know, like he thought he looked good. He'd come in, we'd always mess with him. Like he'd come in and he had. He'd talk about it, like, well, in the eighties in Kentucky, I had a permanent, man, I had some good hair, brother. And so he'd come in, in these sweatsuits and they were, his sweatsuits were terrible. Like, we're a Nike school, you can get whatever you want. And he had these terrible sweatsuits, but man, he thought he made them look good. He have some clone on and um, he had cool sayings, you know, like he'd tell the assistant coaches before he'd walk out of the gym, like, run them to their ankle smoke. And I was like, that oh, was a cool saying. I don't want to run, but that be a cool saying um he told guys you know when they're clumped together they were congreg- congregating like you're shooting craps so <laughs> there's lots of cleverness to them like yeah. if you've ever met people from kansas and oklahoma and texas i, I just feel like a, a lot of the kind of country dudes they have like a little bit of different personality because they spend some time out there on the tractor and they thought of a funny shit <laughs> to say i don't know yeah. <laughs> um, it was that uh and i i just i i think part of it is and I don't know how it was for you at, at Ohio State, but there was a lot of us versus them. Them being the coaching staff, mm-hmm. and that was kind of by design, and it made us really closer. Mm-hmm. You know, because at one point you are like, "Man, fuck them! I don't, I hate them. You hate them? Yeah, you hate them? Like we all hated them." And it was like a brilliant plan to somehow galvanize us. Mm-hmm. And um, so I, I think he did that. I, I thought he built relationships with us in a clever way. Why? Every day you're in Stillwater, you had to come in and see a coach and sign a paper that said you saw a coach. and So you made eye contact. They knew who you were, where you were, whatever. Um, you know, he was, he was very real. He was flawed. He'd make mistakes. He never cursed, which is crazy. Hmm. Never cursed. I didn't know that. Um, about, but he I really was, didn't know that He was, that's, that's crazy. Yeah, that, that's one of the – actually, this is a true story. So never cursed, and we had to run for cursing. I swear to God, if we cursed in practice, we had to run for cursing. Very deep stuff. Wow. I I,
0: I would never have guessed that about him. Now, it's a little
2: different. I don't know if you know this story, and I don't know how long we can go. But um, Pat Knight Knight, cursed in practice, and there were nuns there. And Bob Knight made him run in assembly hall for his dirty effing mouth. Right, Bob Knight? (laughs) (laughs) And made him say... His favorite curse word, which apparently is the C word, uh-huh, the short uh-huh, C word. Uh-huh, right? Uh-huh. I'm not going to. Yeah, we, we, we all know what it is. Yeah. We, we got no, it. So he's running yeah. up the steps <laughs> <Same>. saying, C, 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 Coach didn't do that. Coach would make you either the whole team run, you run, or you had to go and, and, and run the steps and you had to count every one of them. And in the old Gallagher, he knew exactly how many steps there were. And he had to come down and say it in his ear. If he didn't get it right, he had to go do it again. Wow. Um, and so uh, uh, so he didn't curse in practice, but he got across his point. And we were still scared to death of him. Like he's 64, you know, mm-hmm. I, when I played for him, he's like 64. And are like, I think I could take him, but I'm not going to try. <laughs> but one of the ways in which people thought he might be drinking again was he cursed once mm-hmm. and... I actually like got a text like, "Hey, something's wrong with the Coach." Like, what do you mean? Like he cursed. I was like, "All right, well, like, no, no, no. Well, I've been here 15 years. I never heard him curse before. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, it was a, it was. I, I there's a, just a little bit of the picture of painting of why he loved him, mm-hmm. and he was a good coach too. He's a good coach. Yeah, yeah, that was, helps. That helps. <laughs>
1: that, that, that definitely helps. One last thing, Doug, you talk about legacy. And obviously, you know, you pointed to the Kentucky years and some people point to that like scandal and things. But in 2011, he gets inducted to the College Basketball Hall of Fame. Then he gets into the Basketball Hall of Fame, obviously, earlier this year. I mean, were you able to, was he able to enjoy that, right? Just getting that validation or did it, you know, was, was he aware enough of that whole thing? Because it seems like the whole basketball world finally looked around and said, hey, Eddie Sutton has an amazing coaching tree. He has an amazing career. We need to honor him for what he's done for the game.
2: He'd been a finalist, uh, I think, four other times. Yeah, and it was just exactly. devastating. And I can only guess that, you know, like, look, it was time. I mean, he was, he had suffered a massive stroke a couple years ago. And I think another mini one a couple weeks ago. And his body just started to shut down. But it, ironically, it was after he found out he was in. I was told that he, uh, his son told me, his son Sean said that he, he knew that he got in and he smiled about it. Um, yeah, it was, it, it was a really important thing. And, it's interesting because, you know, I think one of the things they've done is they've screwed up so many of the historically great coaches by letting active coaches in, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and the active coaches, they don't need to get in. They're going to get in eventually. Mm-hmm. Whereas the historically great coaches you know, Tex Winter didn't get in. And then he was alive, but he wasn't really lucid and able to speak. And Tex Winter, who, by the way, recruited Coach Sutton to Kansas State. I wow. think about this when he was growing up in Buckland, Kansas, Fog Allen was at Kansas, Tex Winter, Kansas State, Ralph Miller who became Oregon State's head coach. <laughs> Ralph Miller was at Wichita State, a Mr. I, but at Oklahoma and I mean, unbelievable. Anyway, um, so I just, I wish you would have gotten in so you wouldn't have had to ask these questions, you know, right. because right. you would have heard him speak and you'd be like, oh, I get it. Because right. he just had one of those. And I don't, I don't know what that was like when you played for him, but I do feel like an older generation of coaches, you know, the, the Jimmy V's, the Vital's, uh, the Lute Olson's um, trying to think, I mean, many of them have high school roots and mm-hmm. it, it, to, to recruit, you gotta be a great storyteller, mm-hmm. right. And you just have, uh, you know, you've done TV and radio shows for years and you just have a way where you take over a room. And that was him. Like he wasn't, he wouldn't crack jokes and he was just a big smile. He'd come in and he had a great, he had great pipes and he, and he would just take over and everybody shut up and listen to what Eddie was saying. And, um, I think we're kind of missing some of that. Some of these younger guys are not programmed that way. Um, but anyway, so yeah, in 2011, it was, it was, he obviously should have gotten college basketball. The naismith though was a, a long fight and he finally got in and today, to answer your question, he did know. And, uh, so now he, you know, his wife passed before him in 2013. So they'll get to enjoy it from heaven. But, um, it was really cool. And uh, the family has been unbelievable about it because, we all wanted it for him, like mm-hmm. nobody. Like I don't give a shit. I don't get anything out of it. you know. I I knew I played for a great coach. I don't need right. But um, but but we wanted for him and for his family, and they all wanted it for us. You know, to be recognized because of our teams. Because we don't we didn't win, an, you don't win a national championship. It's like you didn't exist, or you don't get to a final right. four. Like I don't, we we had great years. We got to Elite Eight. Like even the Kentucky team, his first year, was a great year. They give you the Elite Eight. Nobody ever heard of them. So. It was a very, very cool big thing.
0: Yeah. I mean that that's for I, I would say our generation of of people, even who grew up watching college basketball, Eddie Sutton was always just this kind of crotchety old guy on the side. Yeah. Who, grumpy faces?
2: Yeah. He he just had <laughs> grumpy, grumpy he
0: was he was the grumpy face guy that like yeah. all the old people would just clamor about not being in the Hall of Fame. And that's all that people really yeah. knew about him. So, yes. yeah, we wanted to have you on and kind of kind of eulogize him a little bit and, and add some personality. So what, what is the one thing, if we can put a ball on this, Doug, what is the one yes. thing you want people to know about Eddie Sutton who are, you know, like, Tate and I's age and younger that, that don't know a ton about it? You've already kind of hit a lot of things. But uh, just, like, here's here's, big, here's it, the big, one. Yeah.
2: This, is, this would be probably the big one in terms of basketball, What you guys do, mm-hmm. is, um, it, is if what you do is copied. Then you did, especially in basketball, it's not a new game. And though there are new ideas, right? What you do is copied. Like, what do they say that uh, um, imitation is the most sincere form of flattery, Mm -hmm. right? And, you know, I can't think of a, 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 every gym I've walked into, especially early on in my broadcasting career and when I was still playing, guys would say like, how'd you guys do it? I was like, what do you mean? Well, How'd you get, how do he get you to play so hard defensively? How did you guys do it? And it's interesting because his reputation was defense and we did, we guard the shit out of people. And um, I'll tell you the secret to that in a second. But what's amazing to me is, you know, he had a reputation of playing slow. I get there. We averaged 80 over 80 game three years in a row because he adjusted to his personnel. You know, he, he embraced the three point shot cause he adjusted, he, you know, adjusted his personnel. We played small with Desmond Mason, adjusting the personnel. Um, the defensive thing. How we played, I mean, like, look, he was just demanding of, of supreme effort every day, every practice, every game, and he wasn't, no matter how good you were, he'd hook you if you didn't give him optimum effort. I don't know how that would have gone in today's one-and-done game, but we played the transfer market, so he, one of the things I think he liked about transfers was, at least back then, you weren't going to transfer twice. So he'd tell me, like, you know i do my way? Fine, go out to California. Like, you take <laughs> your ass back to California. You go play in science. <laughs> You know, if you don't want, you don't like it, you go play in Israel. And, you know, that was real. <laughs> and, you know, you're like, damn, he's right. I got no other options. I'm going to play harder. So I think how hard we play, uh, you know, our level of competitiveness, the ability to the, – the transfer thing, which everybody's doing now, like, dude, we, we did that. We did it at the highest level. I mean, the, the Final Four team in 2004, okay, Daniel Bobik, whose dad played for him as well, Daniel Bobik, BYU. Uh, John Lucas was came from Baylor. Baylor. Yeah. Um, the the Graham twins came from Central Florida. Ivan um, McFarland was a Prop Forty Eight, so we took him. To, you know, people, other people couldn't get him in school, right? Like that was their. That was their. I'm forgetting somebody who was on that squad. Jason Miller was from North Texas. Um, oh, there was another guard who was a junior college all American. Like nobody, Tony Allen. Tony Allen was two mm-hmm. different junior colleges. So the idea was like he was. We were. Doing the ship for everybody else was. And they did a great job of recruiting and developing relationships. And, you know, if you would turn them down at a high school, they weren't going to tell you to F off. And they knew that they might get you on the bounce back. Um, but more than anything, they got you, he got you to play really hard. You know, we forced baseline. We post doubled before, you know, a lot of people post doubled. Obviously, most people don't post double now. And we just played our balls off. And I think that's what. People ask all the time how you did it. They try and simulate, emulate how he played defensively, the toughness, the tenacity that we played with. And I think when you copy things and when when legit high level coaches ask you, like, tell me something that 80 said, did. Give me a drill they did. And I was like, All right, well, we did these drills every day in practice. Like every day, yeah. We did one on one containment on the side. Every day in practice. Every day. Every single day. And like you're playing against some good dudes that are gonna make you look bad if you're not guarding. And you're gonna be and you know, you don't you have to get a stop in order to get, get off of defense. So you're, you know, if you're not going to guard, you're just going to stand, you're going to be there all the whole time. Um, but, you know, and then the offense we ran was pretty simple. It was a, We ran the Carolina secondary, but then we ran a form of cowboy, which is Henry Iba's kind of two, one, two offense. Mm-hmm. Michigan state still runs a version of it as part of their sets now. And guy knew hoop, very simple, play hard, go to class, have fun. And, uh, and, you know, be accountable. So that, that, that's kind of who he was.
0: Well, we appreciate it, Doug. Uh, thanks for joining us. Um, taking time out of your holiday to, uh, to talk Sorry about, about your dog. Yeah, my my dog had diarrhea before we started recording. Yeah. So yeah, what uh, what
2: what what did your dog eat? What's he got a little up? he
0: got a little crazy on Memorial Day weekend. It happens. He, uh, <laughs> I, I took him to the beach and he he ingested a lot of salt water. Oh, oh that's the deal. They yeah, they drink yeah, a
2: lot of yeah. water and then it's mm-hmm. it's terrible. And then it's they terrible. they just they just have the Ria for a few days. So,
0: <laughs> um, anyway, appreciate it, Doug. We'll do it again soon. We'll we love having you on. Love, uh, love, love the stories, Doug. And,
2: and story Later, boys. See you, man. Yeah, appreciate
1: it. it. Quick break to get a word from our sponsor, Dell. Titus, whether you're working remotely, taking web classes, binge watching TV, or gaming, Dell is here to help you find the right tech.
0: All of the above for me
1: that's a fact that's mm-hmm. a fact from xps and alienware co- computers that are redefining what's possible with 10th gen intel core processors to the latest top brand electronics our seamless tech solutions will keep you connected to the world plus you can get free shipping today call us at 800-BUY-DELL that's 800 by dell today and be able to get free shipping again that is 1-800-BUY-DELL back to the podcast
0: all right. Thank you to Doug Gottlieb. Uh, as I said, Tate, great storyteller, fun getting the insight. I learned a lot. Run so fast your ankle smoke was my favorite little phrase. Uh, I, I will remember that from from Eddie's there.
1: Yeah, I will remember uh, a lot of those stories from Doug Godley, But It's also great to just have Doug on because you just ask one thing, and Doug is just like, let me He's tell the you. Best. Yeah, just like, let me give you the full rundown. Like, we got the whole Eddie Sutton story, like he said, in three minutes. And, uh, I mean, that's better than anything you could pay for.
0: Doug, uh, a little peek behind the curtain here. When we have guests on, I prepare for it because I'm a professional. So I type up notes, things I want to hit, questions I want to ask, directions I want to take the, the interview. Uh, when Doug comes on, I have no notes. I, I, nice. I, <laughs> I had nothing written, written down. I was like, I'm just going to ask him, Eddie Sutton, your thoughts, and then let him take it from there.
1: And uh, that's what he does. And, and it worked out well. Just, He's like, great question, Mark. Uh- <laughs> yeah, <it's> just- <laughs> <laughs> let, let me get into that.
0: <laughs> uh, man, Eddie stayed on topic. Congratulations to Doug for staying on topic for 20 minutes or whatever. Uh, that
1: yeah was on. So there, there, there was a quick side story i doug texted me uh, randomly uh, the other day and said joe forte sucked too and uh it's <laughs> <laughs> like i was scared he's gonna bring that up because so i was like i don't need like a doug gottlieb shaming carolina basketball players to be on the side of my free time so i'm uh, glad he didn't bring that up so that was nice
0: that's good um all right we, we got to play this game today so i'm, I'm watching I, I said memorial day weekend here uh on sunday the indy 500 does not happen i i've gone to at least fifteen in a row. I, mm. I, I've lost count at this point how many in 500 in a row I've gone to. So my Memorial Day Sunday was was thrown out of whack. I didn't know what to do. Uh, I I always have the Coca-Cola 600 on because my dad is a big race fan and he'll watch the the Indy 500 and then flip over to the Coca-Cola. he'll watch the rebroadcast. So the Indy 500 in in Indianapolis is not aired live. They air it after the race because they make every they black it out. They make everyone go to the race. Then he'll come home. He'll watch the Indy 500, and then flip it between that and the Coca-Cola 600. So that's my wife saying it's always on the TV, um, but I never really like pay that much attention because I'm usually very drunk, and I've tried to take just a cold shower
2: to cool down from the from the race.
0: Uh, but I watched it on Sunday, and I was watching I was watching the Coca-Cola 600. No fans in attendance. Uh, it was on Fox, by the way. I don't know
2: if that's relevant. If that's why I'm uh,
1: talking about it, the higher uh, ups. Uh, well, this is a new segment coming. Yeah, yeah, or, or Some, an old yeah, segment, but, but a an new old segment. Sp-
0: yeah, yeah, we're bringing it back. Um. So I'm watching the Coca-Cola 600, and I thought we need to bring this back. This, because, because I, I used to follow NASCAR. I was a big Jeff Gordon guy because Jeff Gordon went to high school right next to my high school. Like we're from the same part of the world. Earnhardt, baby. Yeah. You're an Earnhardt guy. It <laughs> doesn't surprise me. Um, so when Gordon was at his heyday, the, the Rainbow uh, Warriors, uh, uh, Jeff Gordon went in the inaugural Brickyard 400 was a big day in my, my family's, my gosh. uh, so anyway, I watch NASCAR all the time. I've We really are years. like on the
1: opposite side. Like it's like Indiana, yeah. North Carolina. It's Indiana Jordan versus North Carolina. Yeah. Like you probably you you love Sammy Sosa. I like Mark McGuire. Like this is. Yeah, right.
0: <laughs> this is I'm a Gretzky guy. I'm a Gretzky, a Gretzky guy. You're a Jordan guy. It's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I'm watching. I'm watching the Coca-Cola 600, and I recognize like half the names. I don't. I don't recognize. I've lost count of who's. I, I recognize your Kurt Busch's and your your
1: Jimmy Johnson's, obviously.
0: But some of the newer guys. Where I, where are
1: the Jarretts? Are the Jarretts still there? Like, are they around like Dale here? Bob, Jarrett? Like Dale Jarrett? Yeah, like Bobby. No, I mean he's. I think he. Like, he calls, I don't know. Yeah. Mark Martin. Where's Mark Martin? Is he still racing? I don't know. No, no, anyway. no, no. Yeah. No. No. Okay. No. Everyone's they out. All, they all
0: work in broadcasting. Um, okay.
1: Yeah, I
0: think every every <laughs> that's the last
1: time I was watching racing
0: just for the update. That was like, if you if you've ever won a NASCAR race, Fox gives you a, a lifetime contract to to call races for them. I think that's how it works. So all these guys work in broadcasting. Um. But yeah, I, I didn't recognize, and, and, I, and, and I remember we did this segment before and I thought this is a perfect time to bring it back because uh, NASCAR is back in earnest, Whether even though the fans aren't there, like it's still, NASCAR is chugging along. Yes. Um, we are Fox guys, we are company men. So the segment is, for those who missed it the first time, because Fox also has the rights to WWE Smackdown on Friday, which has been going in every Friday as well, Tate. This is a, a you, can, you can find all this programming on Fox. Um, <laughs> Our, our segment is NASCAR driver, WWE personality, or college basketball coach. I, I give you the name of a person. You have yes. to tell me yes. which one of those three they are. Um, The last time we played this, I gave you 19 different names. You got nine right. So you're bat- almost 50-50. Nine for 19 is
1: pretty solid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're talking about shooting percentage. I, I'll take yeah. that.
0: Yeah, a little worse. I mean, not better. I should, uh, My mom's <laughs> mad at me for the math there. Um, so that's, that's how we're going to do it. And I'm going to, I'm going to warn you straight away that every coach that I put on this list for this time around, uh, I, i made another list of 19 just to keep it standardized to see if you can do better than nine. Um, every coach on this list, it is their first se- it'll be their first season at their school next season. So they're brand new hires basically. So, uh, makes it a little harder. Um, are you ready? Tate?
1: Yes, I'm ready. Shoot. Sure. Okay.
0: All right. So, so the way this would work is I would say like Matt Kenseth, for example, and you would say <clears throat> race car driver, race car driver. I would say Laval Jordan and you would say coach coach. Right. So that, that's how we're, that's how this is going to work for those of you scoring at home. All right, here we go. Thanks. Buckle up. Our first name, William Byron. Coach. He is a NASCAR driver. He drives the 24. He drives the Jeff Gordon. 24. Are you serious? Yeah. Can you believe that? Get out of here. That's what I'm saying. I don't he like should it.
1: drive. He should drive 21. Yeah, it seems like, like, like a 21.
0: Uh, brad
1: corn coach
0: he is a coach southeast missouri state yes you got that one uh chad fincham
1: insurance salesman (laughs) uh i'm gonna go
0: driver that is a nascar driver look at you look at you uh drew mcintyre coach wwe wrestler (laughs) oh what horrible (laughs) name are it is not, it is not a good name. That's He's a actually, name. I, actually, I think Drew McIntyre might be the most famous wrestler I have on this list. So, uh, yeah, it's not a great name. Um, Landon Bussey. Oh,
1: driver. Driver. <laughs> he
0: is the head coach at Alcorn State.
1: Uh, wow. Um, I, I like Alcorn State, too. I apologize.
0: James Drake.
1: That's a coach.
0: He is a WWE wrestler.
1: That's a good name.
0: That is, that is a good name. He should good be episode. a
1: coach. He should get out of wrestling and go to coaching.
0: Uh, Takayo Siddle. Wrestler, he is the head coach of UNC Wilmington. He is a Chris Holtman. Uh, uh, wow, side, believe it or not,
1: yeah, that's one of those for names, Holtman that, at That's a yeah. name that if I see on paper, I know it, and you say it, and I'm like, wrestling.
0: "Yeah, I probably mispronounced it," so I, I'm probably not helping you there. So well, hold on, let me let me try. Keep track. One, two, three, four, five, six. Okay. Three, four, five, six. Yes, you got that one wrong. I'm trying to keep uh, keep, keep count here as we go. Um, Sorry to the Seahawks right. fans. Peyton Royce. Peyton Driver. Royce Driver. Driver. WWE wrestler. In fact, a female WWE wrestler, Peyton Royce, got that one wrong. You, uh, that's one, two, three. I'm learning four. a lot. I'm learning yeah, a five lot. in a row. You've gotten wrong. Uh, Tyler Reddick. That's a driver. That is a NASCAR driver. That's a driver. Um, Steve Smiley. That's a coach. That is a coach. That mm-hmm. is the head coach of Northern Colorado. Mm-hmm. Austin Theory. That is a wrestler. That is definitely a wrestler. That is definitely a wrestler.
1: That is like Stone Cold Steve Austin, and I got a theory that <laughs> I I'm got a That's <laughs> a great one. Yeah,
0: that's a pretty good name, Austin Theory. I pretty like that. Solid. Name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like yeah, yeah, it. it. Uh, Ty <laughs> Dillon.
1: That's Austin Dillon's brother. That's a driver.
0: Yeah, there you go. I, th- I thought you actually I,
1: might know that one. I know the Dillon family. That's North Carolina.
0: All right. I th- I thought that one might be easy for you, but I thought I'd throw it on. I thought it might trip you up. Maybe thought he's arrested. Is
1: Does Austin, does he still drive the three car? Austin yeah, Austin Dillon? drives
0: the three. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Th- that, that's part of my problem with NASCAR, honestly, is like, I remember when Dale Jr. went from the number eight to the 88. And 88 to me was always Dale Jarrett. So when yeah. you have Dale driving the 88, it's Dale Jarrett. And Jr. went to the 88. I was like... To hell with this sport! Like all the guy, all the people that had the Budweiser number eight tattoos on their on their backs, all the ladies with the tramp <laughs> stamp, the Budweiser number eight. They were like, "What? I got to get a Mountain Dew eighty eight now? What? Yep. What's going on?"
1: Dale Earnhardt Jr. was like the perfect story of someone just getting like just killed with. So he and Andy Roddick were the two guys. They had so much, and, and Freddie Adu, like that whole crop of guys, yeah, had right. so much pressure on them. I was like, "There's no way they're gonna, like LeBron too, like all of them. They had so much pressure. Like, how are you going to succeed with this? That's he the did. new
0: the new debate is Andy Roddick or Freddie Adu? Who you got? Is, <laughs> yeah, <that is>
1: <laughs> honestly, I think it's Roddick. I
0: think I think, it's, wanna, I think we got to go with
1: Roddick. He, he um,
0: all it. right, we got a few more here. Uh, Michael McDowell, driver. That's a driver. Look at you! You're on fire right now. Nice. Um, nice. Clayton Bates. That's a driver. That is a uh, the head coach of Western Michigan.
1: He should be a driver. He That's should a, be a driver.
0: That's a driver Clay, name. Clay, uh, John Hunter Nemechek. wrestler. That is a NASCAR driver. Okay, wow. He goes by John Hunter. Um Angelo Dawkins coach. That is a WWE wrestler. Okay. All right, we got three more here. <laughs> Keith Lee coach. That is a WWE wrestler. Uh what has happened to
1: <laughs> wrestling? What I don't know. Like, why are they just regular names? What is going what on? What
0: happened to The Undertaker, The <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Rock?
1: Look, I'll tell you why your ratings are down or whatever's <laughs> going on. I don't like these are regular names. I need characters. <laughs> what happened to characters?
0: You got you got wrestlers named Jim Cunningham. It's yeah, this like,
1: <laughs> yeah, is not going to work. <laughs> Even with the ones, it's not going to
0: work. <laughs> uh, the eyes are ones. Uh, all right, two more uh, Bucky McMillian, wrestler. That is the head coach at Sanford. I wish I was kidding. That is an all-time wrestler name. Bucky McMillian? Are yeah, you kidding me?
1: That guy is in the wrong profession. Or Very much the wrong gonna profession. Claw, he's going to climb the ranks pretty quickly.
0: Um, and finally, the last name on the list, uh, Rick Patino.
1: Oh, wrestler. <laughs> definitely a professional wrestler. That guy, a wrestler
0: of some sort. <laughs> that,
1: that guy has turned heel too many times to count.
0: <laughs> oh man, you got eight out of nineteen according to my calculations. Honestly, so, uh, that's you we 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 found your handicap. You're in the you're about half halfway. We'll say
1: no. I I am the Tyreek Evans rookie of the year campaign. I am just <laughs> like I put up shots and I get my numbers and I go home happy.
0: I enjoy. it. Do you enjoy that game, Tate? I actually enjoy it. It's fun coming up with these names because uh, there's a lot of overlap like in the type lot. of names.
1: <laughs> yeah, I feel like I learn a lot, honestly. And, and I'm so far moved from NASCAR. I think you hit the nail on the head. I think it was the Dale Jr. drama that, that turned me away from the sport. I didn't know why it was, uh, mm-hmm. but now I think if, that's the other part. It's like piecing together wrestling when I stopped watching in NASCAR, mm-hmm. but then also now I feel like I'm back in it.
0: So. yeah yeah i'm trying to get back in it uh and it has nothing to do with my affiliation with fox <laughs> yeah no no, 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 no no i just
1: love it i just love it we no shout take- out
0: brad keselowski uh won the race last night chase Elliott blew it took a late pit um was not happy about that his his race strategist said you should pit he was like i don't think so and then he ended up getting third had the great car the, the better car did not win the better car and driver did not win last night's eight but that's 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 the gate. You got to make shots. You got to make shots to win the Coca-Cola 600. I'm 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 going
1: to be honest with you. I thought Denny Hamlin run, won the race, but I guess that was last week's race. Like so that was that's that's last weeks. That was we, last we,
0: week. We're, we're we're pivoting to a NASCAR podcast. It's a work <laughs> okay, in progress. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Just keep me up to date. Let me know what's going on. Uh
0: should we do dirty laundry? Should we do yeah. a couple stories here? Yeah, let's We do have it. two of them. It's been a while and Perfect. uh We have a couple good ones. Um all right, so here here it is. Dirty laundry. As a reminder, send us your stories. Titus and Tate at gmail.com. We'll read them on the show uh, if they're if they're worth reading. Um, and I think these two are. Here we go. So this one says: About two years ago, I attended a Power Five team scrimmage, which happened to be officiated by a notorious referee, whose name you know. Afterwards, a few of us headed to the team's practice facility for post-game booze and pizza in the head coach's office. After about an hour of shooting the shit, we heard a loud voice coming down the hall and this referee comes strolling in with a fifth of Tito's and a check for $1,000 to donate to the head coach's charity. Man, I got the perp. Sorry. <laughs>
1: I, I I honestly that was, thought that was, that was the end of the story. I was like, "That's a pretty good story." Like they left a lot to be at.
0: Oh man! For the rest of the night, this ref held court, telling us all sorts of stories while pounding cranberry and Tito's up until he had a few too many and passed out on the couch in the office. He literally stood in the center of the room for hours while everyone else just sat in awe of how much this guy loved himself. It was awesome. That's the end of the story. So basically, I think uh, I think this story exists because we're supposed to know who the ref
2: is. And I think I have a good idea who the ref is. And um,
0: the ref, so the, the story is the ref just comes in and gets shit faced in the coach's locker room and then passes out on his couch. That's pretty interesting, right?
1: I hope it's Carl Hess. That's I yeah. uh, I don't want to speculate, but my fingers
0: are Carl. <laughs> <laughs> Carl Hess. Uh, I, I, I think his, I think his initials are TV. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah so, the, uh, <laughs> probably not Carl Hess, but, I hope it's
0: gone. Is who the, uh, I don't want to name names, but I will name initials. I think it might be.
1: Is, is there any other sport besides basketball where the officials are so famous? I mean, I guess the NFL that we know some of the I think
0: the NFL, but like, well, well this is my problem. I, I understand what you're saying, but I also wonder, do we know it just because like you and I watch college basketball more than I guess, else? And if we I watched, guess. I guess like NBA, there's a lot of NBA refs that people know, right? Yeah, Scott Foster's and your. I mean, I was gonna really say the only one I really
1: of know off the top of my head is Scott Foster, and that's yeah. for good reason. So I, yeah, who's
0: the who's the Ed Malloy show? I was about to ask. You? I was gonna say yeah. the really skinny guy with the parted hair, Ed Malloy. Um,
1: and then football's like Ed Hockley, right? Ed Hockley
0: because of the guns. Yeah. I feel like you got to have a thing though to be known in pro sports,
1: aka TV Teddy. That's and like, I, feel like a, I feel like you don't even have that pro sports move.
0: I feel like you don't in college basketball. You don't even have to have a thing. Like you don't have to be like TV Teddy. Obviously, does have a thing, but like people know. Jamie Lucky. I I I guess your thing is just you're horrible. I guess that's yeah, like well, your, that.
1: your thing is that you were yeah, exactly. Like you're getting uh, harassed by whatever coach and you're also trying to make the fan yeah. mad in the like yeah. those guys love making the anti home call in the arena just to like get people yes. brought up. You know yes. what I mean? That's what T V today lives for. When it should what about, be wants to call
0: Yeah, uh Terry Weimer is one. Um People don't really hate him that much though yeah they do they they hate everybody, uh, yeah, everybody.
1: yeah everybody hates everybody
0: tim higgins um is it's Tim Higgins right Tim riggins is the Friday night lights guy
1: Tim riggins is riggins is
0: the is the sport, yeah yeah Tim Higgins is the guy, the old dude He retired a few years ago um he was always really jovial, but everybody hated that guy too um I liked him he, he would always talk to me during timeouts, Tim Higgins he called timeout. I'd be standing on the peripheral trying to hit on the uh The sideline reporters, whoever, whatever Big Ten Network sideline reporter was working the game. I'd I'd just be like trying to – she'd be popping her head in trying to – Listen to the huddle. Yeah, trying to listen to the huddle. It was was more often than not. It was Carissa Thompson. We we should have Carissa on the podcast and just talk about all the times she would pop into the huddle. And she's like, what's Coach Mata saying? And then I would just make up stuff. And (laughs) she would probably report it. Mm -hmm. Uh, but then Tim Higgins would He's join. He's saying in. we need
1: more shooters. He's saying yeah. we need to we put guys at the end of the bench. We're
0: saying we're, saying we're about to put Titus in as the weapon. Uh, and then every so often, when Tim Higgins would call the game, he he'd do the same thing. He'd just like pop up, pop over, and start talking to me. And uh, anyway, I don't know how we got on that tangent. Oh, let's, go, let's move on to the next story. Um, I am currently a student and was very recently a member of the band with a high level Division One team. Uh, We are a fringe blue blood for context. Our coach is a notoriously high-strung tight ass who is generally pretty closed off to the public. After every basketball game, three of my trumpet friends and I would stick around in the band warm-up room slash headquarters and mess around uh, by playing our instruments and talking loudly, etc. Keep in mind that in our arena, the band warm-up room is located immediately next to the press room. During my final year in band, the team had a major down season due to some issues within the program. After one particularly tough home loss the four of us did what we always did and made our way to the tunnel to the warm up room uh to chill leaving the door to the room open. At one point joking around my friend started playing notes as high and as loud as he could. Uh the notes were high? Is are the notes high or is he high? The oh. notes are high. Yeah. Um Something, this is something we often did. Being the competitive dumbasses we are, the rest of us joined in, resulting in a piercing and disruptive wall of sound. After 45 seconds of our blasting, a security guard walked into the warm-up room and asked us to put the instruments away. Since the press conference for the game was about to start and they could hear us, we apologized and the guard left with the door open. That should be the end of the story, but it isn't because friend one got the brilliant idea that if we simply closed the door, the sound would be muted enough that they wouldn't be able to hear in the press room. So again, being the dumbasses that we are, we closed the door and started blasting the music again. I don't think we made it even 15 seconds before the door flew open. It was the head coach who was his, he had his face red as a tomato. What the fuck is going on in here? Are you fucking kidding me? We're trying to have a press conference. Could you quiet down for two fucking seconds? I can have all of you permanently banned from this arena. This this shit happens every fucking game. (laughs) It was at that point I realized that for the past two years, he and his players had heard every note that we had played after the games. I asked one of the walk-ons about it in class a month later, and he confirmed this to be true, and that it had always seriously pissed off the coach. Easily enough, we never faced any disciplinary action for what happened, probably, probably because coach didn't want people to know about him blowing up on random students. That that reminds me, I hear that story, and it reminds me of the Johnny Knoxville, the jackass thing, where they have the, the horn in the bushes with the guy playing golf. Yeah,
1: they're playing golf.
0: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. exactly. And the, you get told, please stop doing that. And you're like, yeah, 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 we'll stop. Yeah, for, so for sure. You do
1: it right then. Yeah, no no, 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 no. We get it, for sure. We get it. I, uh, the only thing I could think of was that is Arizona, and that is Sean Miller, and that is why they lost to Buffalo.
0: Uh, Ooh, I, uh, I like it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I feel like it's pretty uh, – we're a fringe blue blood. That checks out. Um, we had a major down season due to some issues within the program. Did uh, Arizona had a?
1: Yes, they lost to Buffalo. That, there were some the issues in the pro. I mean, there were some issues in the program. I don't hmm. want to. Yeah, 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 I was
0: thinking. My guess would be UConn. Mm. That the fringe blue blood. The issues within the program. Or the Kevin Ali firing yeah. situation. Yeah. Maybe it's that. But um, mm. but does, does Kevin Ali have a have a reputation as being a notorious tight I don't know. I don't know enough about it. He, he didn't stick around long enough
1: in college basketball for me to pay attention to that stuff. Won a title though.
0: He did win a title. Um, that's it. That's all we got. That's that's fine. That's too. <laughs> we'll we'll just stop there. Um, but no, I, I I enjoyed Dirty Laundry. It's great. Uh, send us send us your stories. Titus and Tate at gmail.com. We have fun reading them. Um, and we're desperate for content, so please send them in. Uh, shout outs close Tate.
1: Shout out to Patrick Ewing, Coach Patrick Ewing. He was mm-hmm. uh, dealing with COVID 19. We saw those reports, but apparently he's leaving the hospital feeling better. And, uh, you know, as much as we talk about Georgetown and what's going on with that program, we love Patrick Ewing and uh, what he means to the game of the basketball. We love Biggs, and uh, we're happy he's feeling
0: better. Uh, so something's got to go Patrick Ewing's way. You know, he's got to, we, we, we got to get this guy away. It's time. Georgetown. It's time. Yeah, Georgetown has been, all the players are leaving. You got the last dance situation where they're just showing him getting dunked on over and over and <laughs> over. Patrick Ewing might be. I think this guy. I think Patrick Ewing needs a a documentary about him more than any athlete in the world because, like, his entire existence has basically been boiled down to like Jordan and Pippen dunked on him a lot, and that's that's
1: the opposite, that's, really, of what was yeah. going on. Yeah, I, mean, I mean not the opposite, but like, yes, yeah, so that he was dunking on them as well.
0: Or, like, like people, like New York Knicks fans talk about how much they love Patrick Ewing. And I feel like people that weren't Knicks fans kind of laugh and they're like, "Oh my god, that's how bad you're." your franchise is, is, that Patrick Ewing. That's like, your
1: goat. That's yeah. your goat. And, and it's like, like yeah, Dude. he's pretty good. Yeah.
0: Yeah. He's unbelievable. We need, we need a, we need a documentary series to remind people how good Patrick
2: Ewing was as a player. So, uh, but yeah,
0: should
1: have, should have won back-to-back titles. We remember 84,
0: 85, mm. 85 the Villanova boys played yes. out of their ass. Uh, the most unlikely national title game played in Rupp Arena, by the way, fun little fact about that one. Uh, I want to shout out Dickie V who is maintaining the integrity of the game. He respects the rules. Uh, he tweeted about Lance Armstrong. There's there's the the, the documentary thing.
1: Um, the last Lance. The yeah, last
0: yeah. the last Lance.
1: Pretty good, pretty good stuff. Uh, Only one for, installment.
0: I'll be honest. I had no interest in watching it whatsoever. And then someone put out the uh, the the video of Lance Armstrong just flipping off the camera and saying "f you, f you, f you" over and over. I was like, eh, still not gonna watch, but I <laughs> kind of like it. Yeah, kind of <laughs> like it. I'm gonna track it at least. Now I'm gonna watch uh, what memes come out of this or, or something. But I'm definitely not gonna watch. Uh, so the last Lance is coming on. Um, and Dickie V offers his thoughts about whether he's not, whether or not he's going to watch it. He tweets this state on Twitter. Very tough for me to appreciate anything Armstrong achieved, knowing he was one of the biggest cheaters ever to compete in any sport. Certainly not my kind of guy. So I just wanted to shout out Dickie V. He does not associate with cheaters. He does not associate with people that get fired for Having three different scandals and, <laughs> and, and, and solely in the good name of one of the great college basketball programs uh, in America. This is not something Dickie V does. He does not stand for cheaters. He does not stand for people that, that do not follow the rules. Um, and I, I respect that about him. So shout out Dickie V.
1: It is pretty wild to think about the fact like in that I watched the I watched The Last Lance and at one point at the end, you know, he's like, you know, I, I was LeBron James, I was Michael Phelps, like I am in that class of people. He said <laughs> that, that's a literal line from the doc. Did he mention and Gretzky?
0: And no, he didn't. I don't <laughs> think he did. I don't think
1: he did. But he mentions Michael, it mentions everybody. He's like, I'm LeBron James, whatever. And, you know, he's just like And I think, like, if Lance Armstrong, once we figured out everyone was, like, you know, doping and and doing the blood transfusions and, like, you know, there was, like, basically teams that would do this. If Lance Armstrong was cool, you know what I mean? Like, if he had just been kind of like Pete Rose and was just kind of like, Look, man, I understand what happened, but like, I'm just trying to make myself right. And yeah, I think I was still great at the sport, like, regardless. Yeah, and I think people would have been like, Man, Lance Armstrong is great. Lance Armstrong did what you just said, he gave everyone the double birds. Right. I was like, I told you guys, everyone else is cheating, and also, I wasn't cheating, or, or I guess I was, but yeah. I wasn't, you know. I
2: was
0: okay, so I was cheating, but you have no right to say that, and yeah, exactly. I'm gonna ruin your life for saying that. Um, yeah. My two, thought, my two thoughts, having not watched a single second of the Armstrong thing. Uh, number one, thoughts and prayers to Rick Riley. Um, everyone yeah. seems to think his move away from Sports Illustrated ESPN is what doomed his career. I will always remember it as he put every single egg he owns into a Lance Armstrong basket, would fight anyone. He was, he was part of the Lance Armstrong legal team, wasn't he? Yeah, like dude, anybody Arnold, that said he cheated, <laughs> he was like, no, he didn't. And then the moment that Armstrong tested positive for HGA, whatever the hell it was. Or arm, everyone found out armstrong was was doping uh rick riley just fled to italy and was never heard from again that's pretty much how i remember it all going he's down like,
1: he's like oh word i'm out <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah we'll take my money and uh go to italy see you guys uh that that's thought number one thought number two you saw uh icarus right we talked about this because every uh, we are we, we made the joke that every sports doc every documentary in general should just be called icarus it works it plays um but the the real documentary that was called icarus uh which was about doping and cycling. Um, I I wish someone remade what that initial documentary was. That's, that's, that's my thought is like that, that documentary spoiler It sets out to the guys like an amateur cyclist. He starts doing steroids uh, under, under this, this premise of like, how much do steroids help? I wonder how much better I'll be at cycling. So I'm going to do steroids, try to cheat on purpose and document the whole thing. Um, And then halfway through, he learned some things and the whole thing pivots and becomes a completely different documentary. I want to see the first documentary. I still want to know (laughs) how much steroids work. Uh, I'm fascinated by it. And if I don't get that documentary, I just might make it myself. I just might, I don't know, just do a few steroid cycles and, and, and report back on, on what I've learned about myself. I don't know.
1: Yeah, no, no, I like it. It's like an average Joe's kind of spin on it. But you're just like, I want to see if I can play in the NBA if yeah. I take like HGH, or if yeah. I can play baseball. Because it, it, like, let's see how big of an advantage it really is. You know, like let's figure out like how many like did Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire really have that much? Advantage? Right, right. Did Barry Bonds have that much of an advantage, or was he just also really, really good at baseball? Yeah. And you give him some more muscle, and he starts slapping the ball out of the park like. It's
0: what Or they say? Steroids can't make you hit a curveball. Isn't that the? the I same? mean, it, they, they it, it, look.
1: I've seen lots of strong people try to hit baseballs and they don't yeah. have a shot. So I uh, I understand the, the frustration. Yeah. But I, I I grew up in the steroids era of baseball, so I was used to a rod like hitting like 500 feet home yeah. runs. I was like, this is sick.
0: I will say it was awesome. There's some about the hear Barry Bonds hit a home run every time he went up to bat. It was, dude,
1: pumping that bat. It was oh my god! Like, it's
0: like all right the armor the, the, like, the dude the dude's goddamn iron man up there with like the yeah, military grade exactly. armor on his right uh right elbow and he's standing over the plate and
1: yeah <laughs> like thought like Thanos should have been Barry Bonds like they should yeah, oh my god
0: we need baseball back so bad I miss baseball so much man I, we, we got to figure this out Be- they got to figure this out I don't, I don't know what else to say figure it out MLB that, that's my that's my official statement on on sports coming back in the corona world figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I baseball in my life. Uh but man, watching Barry Bonds, like knowing every time he came to play it was going to be a home run. And 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 he's playing on the West Coast. So like I, I remember watching so many games. Um, where it's super late and I'm yeah, not. To it's late it. Yeah,
1: We're it's like 11:30, like, and you're just like, I gotta wait. Bonds yeah. has got one more bat. Okay, it's, he, it's, he, the, <laughs> yeah, it's the
0: it's the like eighth inning, and the yeah. Giants are down three. And I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna stay up. I'm gonna see yeah. what happens. And then Bonds, every single time, would just smoke it out of the park. And you're like, yeah. this is unbelievable.
1: Yeah, it's like a, a Jeff Kent base hit, <laughs> and then Bonds comes yeah. up. <laughs> it's just like a wreck, like over into the water, and the canoes are fighting for the ball. It's like, man, I love pitcher, it. The
0: pitcher, the poor pitcher's like <laughs> purposely trying to throw it in the dirt, and he's like skipping it up and just still eric Eric
1: gagne eric (laughs) gagne is like uh, this is my nightmare
0: (laughs) poor eric gagne oh man um all right moving on i want to shout out two guys uh that are going pro tate jordan tucker of butler has declared for the nba draft uh so congratulations he averaged nine points a game four rebounds less than one assist per game shot 36 percent from the field Uh, for a team that finished fifth in the Big East. So um, congratulations to him on this uh, lengthy NBA career he has waiting for him, surely. Uh, Also, Davide Moretti of Texas Tech, a guy who we we came to love during the uh, 2019 march to the national title game, uh, has decided he's going to go pro in Italy. So shout out to him. Shout out to
1: him because uh, Madison Square Garden, for people that don't remember, Louisville, number one team in the country, Davide and Texas Tech and Chris Beard beat that team. I thought that was a big moment for Moretti. He had a great game there. And I think at that point, he's like, hey, I shined at MSG. I played in the States. I've been to a Final Four. Let's go back to Italy. And,
0: uh, what else is there basketball. to do? Yeah, exactly. Uh, what else we got? Is that it?
1: That's it for me. Yeah. Shout out. Shout out, to out a, yeah. Shout I was going to say, p- shout out Memorial Day. That's all I need. Shout
0: out Memorial Day. Um, shout, out, shout out to uh, Paul Pierce saying LeBron's not his top five um but he had Wayne Gretzky in his top five weirdly enough um shout out to Matt Barnes saying he doesn't want his he doesn't deserve his ring uh I don't I don't actually like that train of thought as a guy who proudly wears my rings all the time and does not stop talking about them um I think it undermines my position on the rings that I won so he's hurting
1: rings culture yeah yeah yeah. yeah.
0: respect rings respect the rings culture Matt um, but yeah, shout out, shout out Memorial day. Uh, uh, hope everyone had a, had a, um, good time. Um, obviously thoughts, thoughts are with all the fallen soldiers and all that. We are, we are two guys that, uh, know a lot of people that served and, and, um, means a lot to us. We're from places where a lot of our friends, uh, yes. take the military route and we are two cowards who would never in a million years do that. So <laughs> it means a lot to us that, that the people do, that the people that make that sacrifice and, uh, it is not lost on us. So thank you for that. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. For for all the families that are mourning their lost their their lost loved ones. Uh, anything else to, to to put a bow on this thing? Is that it?
1: I just want to say yet again for people that don't know enough about Eddie Sutton, go back, watch some highlights, enjoy mm-hmm. Eddie Sutton. He's a great character, and uh, the the Kentucky days with Rex Chapman, especially those are some yeah. fun. Uh, those are some fun moments because Rex is a wild character too.
0: Yeah. Um all right, thanks to Doug Gottlieb for, for coming on and, and taking some time on his holiday to uh to to share thoughts on on Eddie Sutton. We appreciate that. We will be back on Friday. See you guys.